So we're a day late from when we usually release our episodes. We wanted to wait until the NHL trade deadline had come and gone. And I don't know about you, but I'm really happy we did because we have a ton of stuff to get through today. It is an arms race in the Atlantic division right now. Yeah. Like it's um, teams are loading up. Yes. Making deals, adding guys, signing guys to long-term contracts, trading away first round picks, trading away second round picks, getting rid of utilizing LTIR. Oh, the Tampa Bay Lightning have just shown the world. Yeah. That's how you win a cup. Yes, exactly. And these teams are doing whatever they have to do to give themselves the best chance to win the Stanley Cup or, in the Leafs' case, win a playoff round. What's up, everybody? Welcome to this week's episode of the Talkin' Buds podcast, the post-trade deadline episode. Cheers. Yeah. Going a little classy, mixing it up yeah, tonight. Going with the red wine. I'm drinking Bush. Going, going uh, with the red this wine. Is, this is the classiest beer you could buy. Cheers, everybody. So, a lot of stuff to get through. Let's start with the biggest piece of news, unquestionably the biggest piece of news. The Maple Leafs acquire Mark Giordano and Colin Blackwell from the Seattle Kraken in exchange for a 2022 second-round pick. A 2023 third second, a 2023 second round pick and a 2024 third round pick. Did I say that right? Yes. So it feels like right from the word go this year, we've been saying the defense isn't good enough. Like it, it's it's not there. They need another like difference maker back there. They can't just go get another guy. And in Giordano, they get a former captain of the Calgary Flames, of the first captain of the Seattle Kraken, former Norris Trophy winner. Like, how do you feel about the move? Do you think, like, I know his best days are likely behind him. He's getting a little long in the tooth. And that's what the naysayers are saying. But there's a whole lot of upside to this deal as well, as far as I'm concerned. So you tell me what you think about it. All right, so I have first leafy thoughts on the trade. Very, I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm just, just an observation from me. Very leafy to go get a guy past his prime, spin a captain, has won an award. Extremely leafy. Leafy. Yes. But at the same time, looking at it rationally, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world for them. Like, why not bring in a guy who's been a leader, who's been a Norris Trophy? I know he's old. But you look at the core they have right now, and anything Mark Giordano can bring at 38 is better than what they have right now at the bottom of their lineup. Completely agree. He could play on the first pairing. He could pay on play on the second pairing. He could play on the third. It doesn't matter. I mean, I, people are questioning the minutes they're going to play him. Eh, who cares, man? This guy is playing out his last big deal in the NHL. He's never won a cup. He's also never won a round. So I feel like with what he has to offer, which sounds like a guy who can still make a pass, a guy who can break plays in his own zone. Box people out in front of the net. And a guy who doesn't turn over the puck. Yes. And a guy who's a known leaders, won the Mark Messier award. He's won the Norris. I mean, yes, he is long in the tooth, but you look at 
the whole list of potential free agents. And uh, aside from going and blowing your brains out to get Jacob Chikrin or, or signing, like, I mean, like there was like Hampus Lindholm and stuff, but like, we'll talk about those. Yeah. It's those just, deals a little later. to me, it's like, wh- why not? Why not go out? It, he's better than what you have. And he could potentially, which is what we've been looking for. Like the past three deadlines, I feel like have been revolved around bringing in a guy who could potentially make a difference mentally. Can, to well, this team. Can I can I can I give my take on that? Can yeah. I piggyback on that? Because yes, I hear you, and I hear a lot of people who are saying, Oh, here they go again, going and getting a veteran who's past his prime. I feel different about picking up Giordano than I did about um Felino and than I did about Thornton and whoever. And here's why. You brought Thornton and Felino in. Because you wanted, like, there wasn't a role for them to fill, right? Like, you brought them in and you're like, okay, these are veteran experienced guys. We're going to put them in the lineup. We're getting them for the dressing room. We're getting them for all that. Giordano brings all those things. But he also, he's mainly here to because you need a top four defenseman. So that is why I feel different about this. And that is why I like this deal so much. First of all, giving up two seconds and a third is nothing. When you see what some of these other teams, which I said earlier, we'll go through later, paid for. What the Boston Bruins paid for Hampus Lindholm is insanity. So for Dubas to wait out Ronnie Francis and to get Giordano and Colin Blackwell for three picks. I also think also with a bit of help from Giordano himself being like, wouldn't mind going back to the old hometown. Yes, yes, exactly. So... Where do you see him slotting in? Does he go with Brody right away? Well, they, they've paired up Riley and Labushkin, and then they've had Brody with Hall, and then Muzzin hasn't been back, so they've kind of been flip-flopping that third pair. I, I don't know, man. I think you keep you keep him and Riley separate, obviously, and um, I, I think it's going to be a, like Sheldon Keefe, I think, is going to tinker with this a little bit. I don't think it's going to be – Put him. They might put him with Brody right away for some familiar familiarity, but I could. I I just I can't predict to to see what it's gonna look like because of guys like Sandine being injured and stuff well, like that. Well, that's a whole other wrinkle too. Yeah. You just so like Rasmus yeah. Sandine and like apparently it's like a legit injury. Yeah. Like it's like an MCL that could keep him out till the playoffs. So I mean that's I, not confirmed, but like you hear that it's like lower body and he's gonna be out for that duration of time. You instantly start thinking like. Yeah. I mean, the way I would do it if I was Sheldon Keefe is I would I would evaluate how happy I am with the way Brody and Hall are playing right now. And depending where I am with that, then I would put, if I'm, I'm kind of more to the negative side, then I'd put Giordano with Brody and move Hall. But if you're happy with that, then be like, maybe we'll try Giordano with somebody else and see what happens. Because the, with Sandine being out, because I think Riley and Labushkin have played really well together. Yeah. Um. Hole has played pretty well with Brody. Mm -hmm. So if you don't want to break that up and Sandine being hurt now and trading Travis Dermott, which we'll also talk about in a few minutes, you're going to put Mark Giordano with Timothy Lilligren. See, here's the way I look at it. When you're speaking there, my brain's starting to churn a little bit. Are you telling me right now that Justin Hole is a better defenseman than Mark Giordano? No, 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 no. I know, but like, that's what I think the fear is if you put. If you take Hull away from Brody, if you load up your top two pairs, that third pair of Hull and um, Lilligren is 
that scares the hell out of me. I think it's much easier to shelter a third pair than it is a third line. Okay. Well, there you like go. That, that's the way I look at it. It's just, I, I just like, because of what we talked about so far, and like, I've just been thinking, it's like Giordano's old. He, he might not be able to play the same man. He's not as fast, but like, you're telling me this dude can't shut down a, a play in his own zone worse than Justin Hall? Like, no. I, Screw Justin Hall. Okay. If you, if you want to put TJ Brody with Mark Giordano and you want to see if that could be your potential number one or two pairing, do it. Yes, do 100%. it. You can shelter. Well, that's what these last like twenty some odd games yeah. are for. Is how many how many analytic out. guys out there could tell you that Ben Sherratt in the playoffs last year for the Canadians played sheltered minutes and therefore he's overrated. But yet everyone thinks he's great because they went on a run and he threw a couple hits or whatever. That's what you can do to a third pair in this league. Yeah, you can hide him. Um, so time will tell, um, just one more thing on Giordano. Yes. He's filling a role first and foremost, and I'm very happy about that. But again, like leadership intangibles and this team could never have too much of that. Like the, the psyche going into whoever their first round matchup is going to be, is going to be like, although, you know what? I don't think they're playing one of three in the first round. They're playing Florida, Tampa, or Carolina. They're going to be the underdog in all three of those scenarios. I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing. I don't think I them think, going I, into a series and everyone being like, you're going to lose is the worst thing. I think they're an underdog no matter who they play. Like, think of a team. Like, even if they played the Bruins, I think they'd be an underdog. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think so. Like, we, we'll, we'll talk about this more as we get closer to it. But if you're telling me to pick a team that I want them to play in the first round right mm-hmm. now, I'm picking the Carolina Hurricanes all day. See, see what? First segment here, you, you I I like that the whole fill a role thing. Yeah, I do. I that like sounds that. Sounds good. No, I, I like that, that because he's like like I'm steal that okay, for tomorrow. They got Felino, yeah. right? And like, what was he? It's like okay, okay, maybe he can play on the second line. Maybe he can play on the third line. But the main reason why they got him is they're like he's an experienced veteran guy that we can add to our room. That's a tough player to play against in the playoffs. Yeah. Okay, great, but there was no like defined role. Mark Giordano is coming in here because this team does not have enough talent on the back end. And you're putting yeah. a former Norris Trophy winner and team captain back there. I like that. So, perfect. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about Colin Blackwell because you and I say all the time that we don't... We're not going to sit here and pretend to be experts on Colin Blackwell. i got to be honest with you, man. I had no idea who Colin Blackwell was. And I'm not saying that to be a, a smarty because we were refreshing Twitter nonstop yesterday trying to find out what they gave up and we i follow a bunch of leaf updates accounts and some of these dudes like this one guy he's on there being like blackwell easily my favorite player on the on the crack and easily could fit in anywhere swiss army knife i it's like the people the people whose hockey opinions i respect and take seriously said that this is a guy who will fit in nicely in a fourth line role and he's a difficult guy to play against and he plays whatever so Cheers, Colin Blackwell. Yeah, we're happy. Whatever. We're happy yeah. to have you. Uh, you know what? If I want to hear a scattering report about a guy, that, that's pretty on par with what I want to hear for this team. Let's talk about news update number two. So yesterday, before they made the deal, Peter Morazic goes on waivers, and we're all sitting there going, "Okay, is somebody going to claim him? Like this is clearly they're putting him on waivers to clear up cap space, so they could eventually make the deal that brought Giordano here. They sign Finnish goaltender Harry Sateri. 
And is that you and I are over the moon? Is that the best name? Hundred percent, all a pro sports. You and I and everyone else who does a Maple Leaf podcast are over the moon about being able to talk about Harry Sateri. Harry Sateri, yeah. fantastic, fantastic. We're saying that right, right? Yes. Is that how Sir, you say it? Her, I heard Harry Sateri, but I've heard that's boring. I've heard Harry Sateri. Way Harry Sateri is I've heard so Harry. much better. Well, and you know what? God, it's all, I am heartbroken. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter because he got claimed by Arizona. So it's That's like a damn you know shame. Dubis kind of hinted at this today, and I'm starting to agree. Like everyone just screws around with the Leafs when they put a guy on waivers, and of course, the one guy that they put on waivers that you that you want someone to claim, and Peter Morazic, nobody does. So, so because they're predictable. This brings me to the main point. They are going to go the rest of the season with the Campbell, Shalgren, and Mrazek trio. Um, I listened to Kyle Dubas on both TSN and Sportsnet Radio today, and he is a guy who is hitching his wagon to Jack Campbell. Like, yes, very is. much is he the, he is going to the, at the end of the day whether i think he should get fired or not whether you think he should get fired or not he is risking his job he is putting his job in the hands of jack campbell and his main point of why they didn't make a move for a goalie even though it leaked that they were talking to chicago about flurry and then he took a shot at the blackhawks gm today which is kind of like a wrestling a promo farce of an organization yes. right now yeah, to be honest with you so um, where was I going with the, Oh, Dubis was like, there's no, any other goalie we could get. It's just a lateral move. And I agree with that. Like flurry aside is like, is bringing in no. Simeon Varlamov. That's what we've been talking a, about for the yes. past couple of weeks. It's yes. like, you hear flurry's name because that's the only guy you can equate to somebody coming in and making a difference. Everybody else is just, just a guy. So how do you feel about. Jack Campbell, Eric Schalgren, and Peter Morazic. Well, if I could do my best Dubas impression here. Well, the way I see it, Rob, <laughs> is, uh, is, uh, I mean, they have no choice. Like, it was just never a choice. It was like, go out and, and spend something on Flurry, which you look at what the Wild gave up for them, and, and it wasn't cra- anything crazy. But other than that, it's like you're, you're just picking at guys who you think could work out. And you're basically going trying to find an Eric Shulgren if you're going to find a guy on the market. Like, it's just like whatever. Peter Morazic has been one of the most epic fails of all time. And Jack Campbell, I have a feeling that Jack Campbell is going to come back and be better than what he was. Jack Campbell does not have to be Vesna-level Jack Campbell that he was in October. He just needs to not let in crippling, back-breaking goals. Just getting beat, yes, too. Yes, that, that is it. That is it. And do, don't spiral mentally, Jack. I, I do think watching Shogren over the past couple of games that the Leafs have done a better job of recovering rebounds and, and getting in quick and making sure there aren't any second chances. But you look at the way Shogren plays net compared to Morazic, and it's just like when I watch Eric Schalgren play goalie, it's like this guy, he's been to a thousand goaltending schools, and it's just playing the way that he was taught. And you look at Peter Morazic, there he is in the quarter, there he is at the red light, like what is he doing? And then Campbell, it's like Campbell was was is a good positional goalie, I never feel weird about him being at a position or anything, but he was just getting flat out beat on like just wrist shots. And it's 
I mean, I, I think what Dubas said today that this time for Campbell getting hurt is going to be good for him. I actually, I have a that's what I've been saying. Sneaky been feeling. Saying, yes, he's got to get himself right. Yeah, I got a sneaky feeling that it is actually going to be a good time for him. But I mean, it's still at the end of the day, it's you don't you can't feel that comfortable right now with what they have in the net. Like you just can't. They have an unproven guy. They have a guy who plays a, goalie all over the ice at the blue lines at the I don't know what the hell he's doing. And then you have Campbell who's just. Uh, an egg. Yeah. He's an egg. Like, yeah. is he going to crack yeah. or is he going to whatever? Any doubters who, like, any leaf doubters who are um, citing the goaltending, I can't argue with you. Like, I honestly can't. Like, it, it, it is a risk. And it's like, if if it doesn't pay off, Kyle Dubas's legacy, if, if it doesn't pay off and Kyle Dubas gets fired, his legacy will be he overpaid. Yeah. Number four one. guys. Yeah. And well, excluding Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner too at this point. Like, my God. And he never properly addressed the goaltending. Because even when they had Freddie Anderson, they had a bunch of stiffs backing him up yeah. after they let McElhaney go. And even and even though it's not his fault and we all would have done it, he also signed one of the worst contracts at hockey. And John Tavares. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I was thinking about it today, listening to Dubas talk, and like it's just, it's so the way I look at it. There's so many cases for him to get fired, and there's so many cases for him to stay. It's like the, he hasn't done a horrible job. He's made good moves. He's made bad moves. I believe he's like he's, a he's, smart guy. He's done a good job of like Nick Ritchie was a misstep, and then he turned Nick Nick Ritchie into Ilya Labushkin. So he's done a good job too of cleaning up some of yeah. his misses. And this is this is me personally. I know there's a million people out there who wouldn't agree with me, but I want Kyle Dubas fired. If they lose in the first round and he goes into next season with the same core group of guys. I don't think he can. I think like you, you, there's one guy that needs to be traded. We all know who he is. I personally can't stand him. I think he's done with this hockey team. I don't care if he has 11 points in 11 games or 100 points in 10 games. He's not good for this hockey team. I don't care what anybody says. If I think that Dubas goes to the offseason and won't <laughs> move somebody, I don't want to get sidetracked. I don't want to get sidetracked, but like if you're watching us right now and you're somebody who absolutely loves William, I don't Nylander, get it. Like, just no, like, just, 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 yeah, just let me say this. Like, I, Ryan is very vocal and passionate in, in his feelings towards William Nylander. I less so, and I've been very vocal of like, I accept him for what he is. However, if it does get to a point where you need to sort of rearrange the DNA of this team, his contract will be the easiest to move. So I'd like, to ask you, person who just loves William Nylander till the bitter end, why? Like, why are you so... There are people on the socials who, if you publicly say that you would like to trade William Nylander, jump down your throat. Like, jump down your throat. Everybody's just so extra with this guy. It's either you're kind of on my side where it's, like, extra, like... I, this, for me... He is what he is. He's a guy who will get you 60 to 70 points a year. That's great. A lot of teams need that. Not a lot of guys can do that in this league. But for this team at this moment, given the mix of players they have and where he fits in this lineup, it's no good. It's no good. He can't play with Tavares. 
why would you move Marner and Matthews? I think that's an awful idea. I, I, I'm not down with that at all. I think it's a terrible idea. Well, like splitting them up? And Yes. And what are you gonna put? You're gonna make Matthews suffer putting him with the sleepiest hockey player in the NHL? Like, yeah, he could score a nice goal the, uh, once in a while or whatever. But like, the guy's the sleepiest hockey player in the world. Like, there's there's no there's no two ways about it. Like, I I don't know that that. Getting back to my point, if I thought that Duvis could pull a move like that off, I would say keep him. Let him see this through because I think he's learning through his young age and like. Okay, you change him to the next guy. I would like to know who the next guy is personally. Like, let's not let's not go hire a seventy year old to run this team. No offense to seventy year olds, but like, it's just is Dubas willing to do what is necessary to make this team better if they do fail again to make them better next season? So that, that's my problem with him. Right I was now. gonna save this rant till the end, but um, since we've gone down that road, let, let's just let's just get it out right now. Um, trade deadline has come and gone. We know who the team is. We know who the goalies are. Mark Giordano is an awesome addition to this hockey team. I don't see a single negative about it. You're going to go into round one, and you're going to get a tough matchup. I don't really feel bad for you because you had a clear path to the East final last year, and you blew it. You blew it. So while I think Mark Giordano will be a great asset to this team, it's all on you, Austin Matthews. It's all on you, Mitch Marner. It's all on you, John Tavares. It's all on you, William Nylander. It's all on you, Morgan Riley. It's all on you, Jack Campbell. You must get this done. And if you have to go into the first round and you have to play last year's Conn Smythe winner and former Vesna Trophy winner in Vasilevsky, you're going to have to figure that out. And like, enough. they're all great hockey players. Even like your, your feelings about Nylander aside, he's got all the skill and talent in the world. And he played well in the playoffs last season. I'm willing to recognize that. The playoffs is about elevating your game. And what have we said on this podcast a hundred times? This team struggles when they don't get the time and space to create. And you're going to have to figure out how to win because you're not going to get that time and space in the playoffs. You're just not. So you're going to have to adapt and you're going to have to outwork your opponent and you're going to have to not allow backbreaking goals, Jack Campbell. And that is it now. So we can sit back. We can watch the last, how many games? I don't even know. I keep saying 20, so let's just go yeah, with that. 20, yeah, whatever. The last 20 or so games, we can watch it. We can wait and see who who their opponent is going to be officially. But at the end of the day, it's all on you guys. And Kyle Dubas, for better or worse, has like this dude has put all of his eggs in your basket. And he paid all you. And it's it. That's it. You gotta do it. You gotta do it. It's up. It's up to I mean, the thing I always hear is about how Tampa Bay got Barclay Goodrow and all those guys on the third line to come and, and spark that team to win a Stanley Cup. No. No, their their top guys set the table. Yes. So guys like that, that line in particular, could then 
do what they had to do to help them get over the hump. Yes. Because yes. we can't have another. You're gonna need. You're gonna need Alex Kerfoot to score a big goal for you in the playoffs. But you, Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, John Tavares, William Nylander, you got to do your thing to open it up for Alex Kerfoot or Pierre Engvall or Ilya Mikheyev or David Kampf or Andre Kasha to score that goal. Period. And that is why I am led with the conclusion that you can't split that top line up. The way they're playing right now, I know you want to spread the wealth. I get it. But you're paying someone $11 million. He's got to figure it out, man. Okay, so, all right. So, we're, we're I'm going to rearrange the format now, too, because we're talking about the second line. So, a lot of rumors. about. So, who's going on the other side of that second line? A lot of rumors that they're going to give 19-year-old Matthew Nyes a look. Ryan, I got 6'3", 210 pounds. Yeah. To throw at you right here. Yes, he's a 19-year-old kid. He lit it up in the Olympics, and everyone was, like, going on about how great he looked. He's clearly their their top prospect in the organization. Every proposed deal that any team had with the Leafs involved Matthew Nyes. And I respect Kyle Dubas for not doing that. So, I do think, and yes, he's a 19-year-old kid. He's not going to come in and set the world on fire. Mm -hmm. But I do think... Hey, size plays. There guy. is a scenario where where this guy, because he's six three and two ten, jumps Nick Robertson on the depth chart. And Nick Robertson, the guy who can't even stand up and, without getting pushed over. And like I so I do think that'll be to me, if the storylines that I'm most keen on watching through the last part of the season here is where does Mark Giordano end up? Can't like who does he end up playing with? Is he on the first pair or second pair? Will Jack Campbell be able to get his life together? Oh, that's number one. And, that is number one. And what is Matthew Nye's going to look like when they give him a look this is in a couple games at the end of the season? very leafy. Yes. Yes, it is. Guy passed his prime. Yep. Too much pressure on a kid <laughs> and a shitty goal. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm not going to pretend like obviously through the Olympics, you heard his name. You've heard, I, I've heard him through just being in the Leafs system, but I, I, he's that big. That's great. Doesn't matter how old he is. Hawk. It doesn't matter in hockey. Like that doesn't matter. It's not, it's not, this is baseball. Even baseball is turning into younger, but if that guy can turn, that's if he play, I've never seen him play before or for like a full game in his full whole thing. If he can, play like that size then i don't care how old he is bring him in yep if he if he is it, dudes are excited about this guy and who, who what leaf prospect you've been excited about that wasn't like matthews mm -hmm. well again and so that's why to your point i i respect dubas for not trading him yeah no honestly why why trade your top guy that everyone kind of sees like well this guy could be a thing because he's a big dude or whatever it's tough to bring in a guy and have expectation on him but I mean, you, you see it in the playoffs all the time. Like like Cole Caulfield last year in for Montreal. Like Suzuki. Robertson like Robertson in the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Robertson like, looked good in the bubble. It does yeah. once playoffs start, all that stuff's out the window, man. Yeah. The eighty two grind of going on the road and back to back. Yeah. That's gone. Yep. Like it's like at that That's point, what I'm saying. Give the kid a look. It's as pure as possible at that point. Give the kid know? a look, hundred percent.
So I don't want to, like, I don't want to sit here and be like Matthew Nice, you know? No. Like it's like no, no that's that's some... not at all what I'm doing. I'm saying I love his, I love his, I love that he's six three. I love that he's two ten. I love that of he looked good. I love that he looked good in the Olympics. And what what is the harm of when his college season ends? Sign him to a deal. Get him in. Let's get him in the lineup. Let's look, let's see him for. A, and listen, if he comes in and he's lost, he's lost, and we move on with our lives. But if he comes in and he makes an impact, there's an option right there. Six three two ten means a lot to me. Yes, man. it yes. means a lot to me. Yes. I I think Nick Robertson's a very skilled hockey player who can skate, who could pass, who could shoot the puck. But I've never, and I'm I'm not over exaggerating here. Maybe Alex Kerfoot's a close second, but I've never seen a hockey player just get pushed off balance off the puck easier than this guy. So that's why six three two ten, and which is kind of my point of moving Nylander as well. It's just having anybody at that size who's effective offensively and on a top two line is exactly what this team needs. If I could just have one wish in the world, it'd be to bring like a Kachuk brother to this yeah, team. Yes. You know, like that's what they need. Yes, they need that type of player. Yes, they and do. If this guy, even though he's young, if he can come in have any sort of chance of accomplishing that. That is huge for this team. They yes. need that on but, the roster. But we will have measured expectations. Yes. Okay, last but not least, Travis Dermott traded to the Vancouver Canucks. Um, this really sucks now that Sandine's gone because Dermott would have been my choice to go on the third pair. But by all accounts, like Dermott wanted out. They've been shopping him forever. Um, in a world where Sandine's healthy, Sandine just passed him on the depth chart and he just became kind of redundant and... It's just he his his media availability after the game on Saturday in Nashville was very much like like a farewell sort of press conference and like just was like, you know, I live my dream playing for this organization yeah. and blah, blah, blah. And like but he I, I do think I think it's a good move for him. I think he needed a fresh start. Sh- Sheldon Keefe very clearly has never been a huge fan. That's a, been apparent since the moment he took over. And I think uh I think he's going to go to Vancouver and he'll, he'll probably get a chance to play in their top four and good for him. Yeah. I, he's a, he's a weird case, man. He's a weird case. Second round pick. Um, a guy, I think they really wanted when they drafted him. I know of him because he's a new market area type of guy. So shout out, shout but, out new market. But, um, yeah, just a dude who had like, I don't know. I, I think he had, he had like all the tools. Like I thought he always could like move the puck well. And I thought had a, he had a tiny bit of edge to his game. And I like the way he kind of just threw the puck around the ozone too, threw it on net when it was necessary, threw it in the corner when it was, when it was appropriate. But, um, unfortunately it's just like, it's I, just, I never, heard it this... just never worked out. No, I don't know, man. And, like, and you know what? He deserves better than this, but I think a lot of people, when they think of Travis Dermott, will think of the giveaway to the Habs last year. Oh, they had yeah, a lot yeah, bigger yeah. problems than one giveaway. If you if you think that one giveaway was the problem in that series, just stop watching hockey altogether. All right. Anyways, cheers, Travis Dermott. We wish you all the best. Yeah, all right. Honestly. I a lot of trades over the last couple of days, but I, I we could go around them. I want to talk about the Atlantic division specifically. Okay, so the Habs are the Habs trade Ben Sherratt to the Florida Panthers. The Florida Panthers, no, no, you don't care about that. That Ben Sherratt. So yeah. So okay. So Ben Sherratt goes. uh, Fine. Then you tell me which one of these deals moves the needle for you. Ben Sherratt 
goes to the Panthers. The Lightning get Brandon Hagel, who they're trying to get to play that third-line type role that they've had in previous years. Did you hear what John Cooper said today? No. We got Brandon Hagel because he plays the, the, the style that we need to win in the playoffs because when you get into the playoffs, it's a man's game. That <laughs> yeah, John Cooper knows what he's talking. And about. that's what these. When I looked earlier, when I looked in that camera and said, "It's all on you, fellas." Like yeah. that's what I'm talking John, about. John Cooper's a you're gonna smart go in there, man. You're gonna go into that first round series with a, against a head coach who yeah. is like, Do you know, who has two cups. Yeah, John Cooper. Yeah, I know, I know. You know who is could very likely have a third straight easily. Yes. So Brandon, you know, but you know why they're so good? Because Braden Point, Victor Hedman. Mm. Kucherov. They all show up, man. They all show up. All of them. The Boston Bruins get Hampus Lindholm and pay a king's ransom for him. Um, the Ducks also retain 50% of Lindholm's salary, and then they re-upped Lindholm after that. Yeah. So, of those three deals, which one moves the needle for you the most? I think the Lightning, because anything the Lightning adds scares the shit out of me, because they have the best goal in the NHL when it matters. Like, as simple as that. It's like, they, they can go out and add guys on the third line and they could be effective because their top guys always play like top guys. They have one of the top five best defensemen in the world and they have the best goalie in the world over the last two years. Like that's scary. The Bruins, the Bruins are good enough to, when I look at the Boston Bruins, if the Leafs play them in a first round series, it makes me nervous because of the way they play because it's Boston. They're good enough to win a series against the Leafs. I, I don't take the Bruins seriously for a second winning the Stanley Cup. No, no, no. I don't no. care who they get. No, 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 no. I just don't think what no. they have is good enough no. anymore. They don't – who's their – their goalie's a no-name. It's not Tuka Rask anymore. It's Jeremy Swayman or whatever. So, like, that, to me, it's like they can go out and add guys. And I and the thing I really respect about the Boston Bruins is they, they always strive to be competitive. They're never – taking a back seat they're never rebuilding they always find a way to stay competitive it seems there's a clear line in the league in general this year where the teams that are going to get in the playoffs all added pieces and the teams that know they're out just sold yeah like the the wild getting mark andre Fleury, the calgary flames who are all of a sudden becoming dude, the, the favorite West is the, wide yeah, open man yeah. like the like the east it's kind of like you got to go through tampa bay like simple as that and in you're going to have a couple tough tests along the way. But you look at the West, like, I know everyone is all excited over Colorado, but, like, but like, yeah. But it's, it's like, I think the Colorado Avalanche are just a better version of the Leafs, in my opinion. Like, I don't think they're, like, they could easily win a Stanley Cup, but they could also go in and do exactly what the Leafs do every year in a round. So it's like that West, I totally get why teams in the West were aggressive because I think, both divisions are just wide open. Um, the East is going to be tough, man. Tampa Bay, I don't care who they have, who they've lost. Like they're 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 as good as it gets. Couple things before we get out of here. One, I'm really intrigued to see what these uh, black next gen uniforms look like on Wednesday. That's uh, I'm always down for a new uni, and the Leafs never give you one. No, really. they hardly ever give us one. So like, I'm really I'm really excited to see that. Yeah. Um, Saturday night. In Montreal, Sunday night, at home versus the Florida Panthers. I haven't played the Panthers in a while. They haven't played them once all year. I was about to say, have they even played the Panthers? Tuesday night in Boston. We got 
Saturday, Sunday, three Tuesday. games in four nights, and two of those. None of those are easy. Yeah, I don't yeah, care yeah, about yeah, where yeah. what place that team is in on Saturday. That's not an easy yeah. game for this team. So no way. Well, like Gio will be in the oh, lineup, dude. so we're gonna take a look and like. So so who's who's back? It's gonna be Morazic. Morazic's gonna get the start in one of those games. Oh. So. You better. Oh my god. So which? <laughs> so so you got. You so got, which one? Like, so this is actually a tough uh, question because it's know, like, man. do you put? It doesn't matter because yeah, yeah. Eric Shawgren has played very well, but like, I don't want to get too leafy and be like, oh well, obviously you got to start Shawgren in the better game. Like this, no, this, no, like no, three games, yeah, no, man. I know, like I know. Like, but you just... risk getting shelled with Peter Morazic in the net. Dude, they got shelled against the Hats uh, the last time yeah, they played them. Yeah. Like they just. It's not a good situation, any of those games. Like, those are three teams that are all potentially, you can go own three. All divisional opponents. Easily. I don't yep. care where the Montreal Canadiens are in the standings. Mm-hmm. They, they play the Leafs, they're the, they're, the, they're the Oilers in the 80s. The Islanders during the dynasty years. Like, I don't even know who they are. Gretzky's on the ice with they're Curry the, they're skating the, they're around. They're the 90s Red Wings. Yeah, literally. Yeah. They're, they're the Devils playing they're the, the trap. trap. They can't get a shot on net. <laughs> Like it's just it's unbelievable. They could just morph into any legendary hockey team every time they see those blue sweaters. <laughs> uh well, time will tell. Um it's gonna be a fun ride for the last month of the season, month or so of the season, and then we're heading we're heading straight to game one. I think when game one starts, I'm probably gonna throw up. Okay, well there you have it. So we'll probably we'll gonna start have to the go countdown. Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to go to the bathroom right before puck drop and throw up. We'll start the countdown till Ryan throws up in game one of the playoffs. Thanks everyone so much for checking us out this week. If you like what you see, hit that like and subscribe button below. Spread the word, tell your friends. We really appreciate it. As always, if you're listening to the audio version of the show, hit that follow button. Leave us a little review. Every little bit helps, and we really, really appreciate it. Cheers, guys. We'll see you next week. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.